Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take you from dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have special guest, Jared Souza, founder of CFO Expertise. Um, I actually met him at a, a mutual friend of ours event, George Bryant in Montana in October. Um, super excited. I don't know Jared that well, so it's kind of like a first date for us. <laughs> but uh, Jared, if you could tell my audience a little bit more about your background, where you're at, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, wasn't that event awesome? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. 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 It's so good. And you meet so many good people. It's fantastic. Yeah. George has a knack for bringing that type of person together in a small group setting like that. It's great. Yeah. I'm going to um, give him a quick shameless plug. He has an event coming up in March. You should go to it. George yeah, Ryan, check it out. I will give him a shameless plug all day, but yeah, Jared, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you. We can That's talk right. about George later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how far to go back. You know, we kind of talked about that before. Um, I've, I've done, you know, different things kind of early on in my career, but I've always been in the, the financial game. Uh, one thing about me is I love marketing. So <laughs> what's interesting is any book that I consume, if I want to do it for fun, is typically on the marketing side. I, I just love um, kind of increasing my, my, my level of expertise there, even though I don't do marketing. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've worked in the energy industry. My in-laws own an energy company in Oklahoma City. We talked about that. I lived there. Um, they exited that in a pretty big acquisition back in 2012. And from there, I got in direct-to-consumer uh, brand. Uh, it was actually in a sports kind of category. Whereas a CFO there, we scaled from four to 40 million in about four years. Oh, nice. Um, and just man, we had our data, our marketing data, our financial data all tied together, just pushing forward. It was, it was amazing. Um, and I left that company to assume the role as CFO at Michael Hyatt and company, which then brought my family to Nashville, which is where we're currently at. And while working there, I just realized that I really had a heart for serving directly with small business owners and entrepreneurs. And mm -hmm. so I resigned from that role it's been about eight months now to start my own firm. And nice. so here we are. Yeah. No, that's so now, cool. yeah, it was, it was a big step. Uh, cause man, Michael Hyatt company is a great company. So it was a really tough decision, but, um, you know, it just felt like that's where I was led. And so kind of stepped out. Um, it's been going great so far. So now my firm, we serve e-commerce brands, uh, to help them get visual into their financials, wherever they're going and, uh, we can show them which levers to pull to scale. Yeah. No, that that's cool. I, I like yeah. that. So you you did the corporate America thing. You got everything going there. You helped the company. If I heard you right, go from four million to forty million as a yep. CFO. So you've done the inner working stuff, and now your heart is to help entrepreneurs, small businesses, you know, scale and learn on the financial side of that. So let's talk about this first. You made the step from corporate America to your own brand. And a lot of people that listen to this show are either sales professionals or entrepreneurs. What led you to that point? Because I'm assuming you're a calculated guy. So you didn't just one day look at, <laughs> you, you know, your family go, hey, we're going to do this. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we definitely in my role, we look at risk mitigation, right? And so um, what was interesting about that is, uh, so Michael Hyatt, um, has kind of their hiring coaching called business accelerator. And I would get on calls with all of the clients and it's just 
just a Q&A, which can be this a CFO because, you know, you have a lot of people saying, well, what should my gross profit margin be? And, you know, obviously you need to know the inner workings of that. But, um, you know, we get off those calls and I would get these messages that, man, that was the best value we've had in, you know, such and such time frame, and get all these questions. And I would get on phone calls, will help these people. And that just really started driving kind of that, my view of, man, I can help like, a lot more people if I had my own firm, right? I mean, we, we all know the statistics of businesses that go out of business and all of that. And so what was interesting about that is I started having people reach out to me from my past on if I could help them. And, mm-hmm. um, but I never wanted to do anything while I was at Michael Hyatt. Like I wanted to serve them wholeheartedly hundred percent of my time. Um, cause that's what I committed to. Yeah. So, um, so I had enough people kind of ask me and I, took a step out and was like, yeah, I think I want to do this. So then I get on the phone with them and be like, okay, <laughs> I'm ready. And so, you know, it was a little bit of faith there. Uh, but luckily several of them, you know, signed up for our services and I'm still serving them today. So, so yeah, that was, it was great, but it's still, it's taken a while to get back to where I was at. Right. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I had a good foundation, but it's still, you know, taking a lot of marketing, a lot of outreach, a lot of referral sources. And at the end of the day, I just want to serve my clients really well. And then they can go tell others about me. Yeah. No, and that's yeah. perfect. But, and I like this. So you had the track record, you had yeah. already started helping people that that desire was already there. And people were like, Hey, so you said, Hey, cool. Let me help you. And then you reached out, but you still had to put the work in. So, That's I mean, right. you had the foundation, but you put the work in. So you yep. said you started about eight months ago. What yep. would you say are the biggest, I guess let's go with the harder ones first, the biggest pitfalls or things that you wish you might've known before you stepped out? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back to, you know, before uh, I was in the energy store. I worked for JP Morgan Chase, right? So when you're talking about corporate America, like I worked for one of the biggest behemoths, right? In the banking industry. And that I knew was just not for me. Um, and so small business, that's where my heart is. You can touch many different aspects of the business. And so I knew going into this, that I'm not going to have a support team. I'm not going to have an assistant anymore right? I'm not going to have these people that can help. It's a lot of, it's going to be on my shoulders and just rolling up my sleeves and getting it done, which I have no problem with, but it's just, there was a lot more, even though I knew it in the back of my head subconsciously, but you know, when you're talking about the marketing, the outreach, the content, the serving your clients, the processes, the SOPs, right? All of these things. And, and so, you know, one of the posts that I just saw about you was about time blocking. And so Mm -hmm. I just really schedule those intentionally, um, and you just kind of start chipping away at them, you know, each and every day and each and every week. So, um, I would say there was a little bit of overwhelm at the start of, oh, wow, there's, there's a lot to do here, Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, you put a plan in place and you execute on that and, and it starts getting easier and easier. Yeah. Well, and what I like about it is because of your background and how you think you're able to piece those together. Cause a lot of entrepreneurs and people that I meet with and salespeople that I help coach, they have a great dream or this great thing they want to do, but they don't plan it out. And, and like mm-hmm. you, we mentioned time blocking. I have won multiple awards from doing the boring processes that need to be done that mm-hmm. people don't think about. So everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Everyone wants to own a business. They just don't understand a lot of it is boring day to day doing it yeah. over and over and over and over and over and over again. 
That's right. It's that consistency piece, right? Like that's, that's a game changer. Yeah. And I work with mid-market companies. So like, I Mm -hmm. I love that space. I could work with bigger companies, but I like the smaller zero to 400 because like you said, you get to touch different parts and pieces with them. Um, That's right. With your, with your business, how do you help small business currently with, with what you're, with, with what you're doing? Yeah. So um, we, we pretty much have like, and I'm not going to get into like the different levels, but we have three levels of services. And so really kind of our top levels, we come in, I've got bookkeepers, accountants, and like CFO strategy. So we can be your whole financial arm of your business. Like you can outsource your whole financial department. We can take over that. Um, And then I have more like just advisory type strategic planning. Um, You know, we come in, you've already got bookkeepers, accountants, all that taken care of it. And I come in and look at the numbers, but, but really to boil it down is we come in and basically take the blindfold off. Like most of our clients, we walk in and they have no idea at month end, was that good? Was it bad? What does that mean for year end? What does that mean for the future? Mm-hmm. Like they, they really have no idea where they're going. Right. So, you know, the analogy of like driving a car blindfolded, like literally that's what business owners are facing. And so the biggest, uh, I guess, phrase that I've heard is I just need clarity. And, um, and so, you know, I really actually posted this on Facebook the other day, which is like, there's really three main pillars in business, which is sales operations and finance and finance tends to be the one that's always neglected, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day, I wouldn't, I'm biased, but I would say it's one of the most important. Cause even though if you have your why in business, if you're not profitable, your why is not going to matter. Right. Right. And so you need to make sure that you have that dialed in. And so with my data analytics and marketing background as well, I basically come in and give owners a visual into the future with a forecast and show them which levers that they can pull to get to that point. And then we establish KPIs and then we review and make sure we're on track. Gotcha. So it sounds really simple, but there's complexity simple, behind it. <laughs> but not right. And I agree with you. You could have an awesome sales team, but if you don't handle your money correctly, your business is going nowhere. So That's I mean, right. 100% that. So explain to people when you say pull levers, what are you meaning for someone that maybe doesn't work in our world? As much? Yeah, so so when we're looking at that, um, you know, one of those could be they don't know what their customer lifetime value is, right? So they think a customer might be worth $50 for them. And you look at it over the past year, and you're like, wow, they're actually worth $350 over a mm-hmm. year. So you should be spending 3x on marketing to acquire front end customers. And you're going to thank me next year. Yeah. Because yep. once, once you get them in, if you keep them happy, you can That's make right. like the exchanges there. None of that makes sense. That definitely yep. makes sense. Yep. What, That's um, right. And again, it, but it's the, it's the trusting the data, right. And just giving them like, no, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And then we just make sure that they're staying on track. Yeah. No, I see a big need for this because again, like, like with you, I talk to entrepreneurs all day long and business owners and, they don't, they live month to month a lot of times and they're not yeah. understanding if they could just slow down and plan it out. Um, that's I mean, right. That's huge. That's crazy that's right. huge. So yeah. how do you use time blocking? Cause I know you said that you read that post and it made sense. So for like your day and how you set up, how do you use time blocking? Yeah. So I, um, so even going back, I, I worked out early mornings, like as soon as I wake up, uh, cause I know, so I have four children. So mm-hmm. my day can get 
crazy and I just know I won't do it in the afternoon. So if I don't do it first thing in the morning, I won't get to it. Um, and then once I get ready, I drop my kids off at school. And then from eight to nine, I have just focus time where I'm prepping for the day. Um, if I ever need to get like anything else done, I do that. Um, I allow meetings with clients from about 9.30 to 11.30 and then in the afternoon, 1.30 to, to 2.30 pretty much. Um, and then I usually have, you know, a little break for lunch, but um, between those meetings, I block time for, or eight to nine for working on my business. So either producing content, learning something new, right? Creating reports for one of my clients, um, getting processes realigned. I have a call with my team once a week where we make sure, you know, books are closed, all client clients data is flowing. Um, so I really lay out my entire week and try and block all that time because if you don't plan it, then it's not going to get done. Yeah. No, and, yeah. and, and I, I am harping a little bit on this, but it's so true. Like it when I true. didn't, I've been in sales 15 years. When I didn't time block, it'd be, I didn't know what was happening in the month. But now yeah. that I use it, yeah, night and And this is like, I mean, I worked at Michael Hatt Company. Like he's a productivity guru, right? And so he has his own planner and, you know, the the three things you need to get done today, which should be based on three things you want to get done that week, which should be based on three things, your goals for that quarter, right? And you're kind of backing into that. So mm -hmm. I'm doing that as well as I'm breaking that down into time blocking. So I have the three main tasks or deliverables I need to get done that week are definitely uh, time blocked each and every week. Yeah. Yeah. Like your biggest yeah. needle movers that you, you want right. to move your business forward with. Yeah. That's no, right. yeah. It, it, it's so crazy that people, and I used to do it. Like, I, I'm just thinking of this. I used to do it. Like I wasted so much time because I would yeah. run to this task and run to that task. And it wasn't, I think it's more so time blocking helps you get the right task position correctly. So that when you're in that moment, making calls or doing content or whatever you're doing, you're hundred percent focused. Yeah. And it's about your, your energy level too, in the way that you think, right? Like I'm most productive in the morning. So I try and have my calls in the afternoon because it's not as deep thinking for me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to solve problems in the morning or put processes in place. Cause I know that's when I do my best thinking. Um, yeah. So if you just know yourself, you, you can strategically, you know, time block certain aspects of things you need to get done based on your energy level. Yeah. Well, and it's funny you said that. So I work out in the afternoon. So I get up in the morning. I do like a podcast. I, I get up in the morning. I read. I do a podcast, have a little bit of a morning routine. I go into work, do my stuff there. And then I do a lot of my workouts, podcasting, sales stuff in the afternoon. But I make my call blocks in the morning because energy for a salesperson is the more you're reaching out. Whereas with you, you're problem solving. It's just funny how it parallels but still success leaves clues, you know, it, it's yeah. the process. It's the process. Yeah. I mean, like I love, I love modeling, like data modeling, reviewing the analytics. What does this mean? And so I try and do that in the morning cause I can go pretty deep on that stuff. So, yeah. No, that makes sense. What other uh, daily habits or routines do you have? Or do you try, do you schedule everything out or you just schedule your business out? I know people do it differently. So. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, actually my wife and I were just talking about that. I was like, don't you have access to my calendar? Cause there there's been some conflict here recently. So uh, I thought she did. She does not, but um, yeah. So we, we've just talked about that. Um, so she now has access to my calendar and now on Sundays we've time blocked to look at our upcoming week. Cause there's, there's times when she can't pick up our kids. I need to go and mm -hmm. I need to make sure I don't have meetings. Right. Um, 
so just a little bit of that, um, that we do that on Sundays just to make sure our weeks are aligned. Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. I have kids too. And the wife, and it's just like, sometimes you're like, <laughs> what is going on? Oh, <laughs> right. I, I didn't tell you I was doing this. Okay. We yeah, need to fix yeah. that. That's right. <laughs> yep. It does happen. Definitely. So yeah. I know you're super busy and all, but are, do you read a lot or do you have any books that you would recommend for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, people in general? Yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> what's interesting is I've gone down the rabbit hole of cryptocurrency. So I'm actually reading Bitcoin standard right now, which nice. I would highly recommend, not even if you're into crypto, just if you want to know economics, the gold standard, silver standard, right? Like how fiat currency is pegged and Anyways, it's a fantastic read. Uh, the previous book I read before that was Hundred Million Dollar Offers by Alex Ramosi. That's a good Again, book. Right, going back to marketing. Um, yeah, Atomic Atomic Habits. I read it with James Clear. Fantastic. I'm reading that um, right now. I love are you? that book. Yeah, Man, I'm, I'm halfway through it right now. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. Um, one of the best. So even coming from my field, one of the best. I would say for entrepreneurs in terms of like a financial simplified is Simple Numbers by Greg Crabtree. Okay. So he kind of wrote the cash flow aspect of scaling up, um, mm -hmm. you know, model, um, which is like, yeah, it's a great book. Um, so that would be a recommendation if, if you just kind of want an overview of financials and KPIs that you could establish. It's, it's a great simple read. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you intrigue me with the crypto. So I don't sell crypto. I don't, I, I do <laughs> have a little bit of crypto cause I just, yeah. I would bought it. Like I watched Bitcoin fall really low and i bought it at 34 and sold it at 50 but it was play money it wasn't anything major what um yeah. so with that book because you said it didn't it wasn't just about crypto it's about like the gold standard and some of the other stuff what mm -hmm. what intrigued you about that because i like a general knowledge of finance but i wouldn't say i'm like a master yeah. by any means yeah yeah um well, so what's funny with that, like you can't see it because my camera, but I have a mining rig right here. So I'm currently mining Ethereum, which I've been doing oh, nice. for the past five months. Yeah, which is just fun uh, to do. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed that Ethereum keeps going up. But uh, yeah. but yeah, so the biggest thing is kind of what we're seeing right now, which is if if the government controls the money supply, it can falsely inflate the value or deflate the value right and you mm -hmm. see that you see that with um with interest rates um and when you kind of take just letting capitalism run its course bad things tend to happen historically <laughs> like like the government thinks that they're helping but it's like it's like ripping off a band-aid no just rip it off quick everything will settle right um but right now like there's a chart i saw about the the circulation of the dollar and like since 2020 it's just like skyrocketed and it's basic supply demand, right? The more supply that we're having, the more we're printing, we're devaluing our dollar, which we're seeing yep. inflation, right? And there's there's other aspects that go into it. But he just does a really good job of breaking that down. Where you're like, oh, wow, we're actually like living through this right now. And it just kind of, you know, makes everything clear. And at the end of the day, uh, I think that there is going to have to be a change. Like if you go back, all history like there's always been currencies that have come mm -hmm. and then they're they're gone right like and and i feel like the same thing is going to happen until the people can really control the currency and there's a limited supply yeah that will hold its value i don't know if bitcoin's the answer i think it's one step to whatever that answer is right but yeah 
No, I'm yeah. with you with that. Fascinating. It, it's just interesting because for a while I had buddies get into it and I just didn't really pay attention to it. Then I won $50 from a buddy of mine of Litcoin. And then I just left it and it went down to like 20 bucks. And then all of a sudden it started going back up and I shifted that over just for fun into Bitcoin when it was down. And I think that's at like 200 bucks now. It's just for me, I, I, I'm kind of feeling like this. I have my normal investments that yeah. I don't touch. To like yep. you know your standard mutual funds. Then I took I think it was a grand last year, and I made eight hundred bucks. I'm like at eighteen hundred, just playing around. So like this stuff yeah. intrigues me, but yeah. I call it fun money, money that if yep. I lost it, it's not a big deal. But and I think that's how you have to go into it. I mean, especially with you know some of these like altcoins that you see, they're like oh if you invested a thousand, you'd it'd be worth five hundred million. You're like well yeah, but it could have gone to zero, right? Like, yeah. 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 So yeah, you have to be willing to lose it all potentially and play with money that you're, you're able to lose. Yeah. 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 No, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like I said, the the show, we, we do talk about a lot of stuff with business and all, but sometimes Marvel comes up sometimes big, it just, it just depends. Um, Yeah. But I do, I am reading um, Atomic Habits, which I, I really like that in the stacking and the doing, the things and making it easy. What, yeah. um, what other like words of wisdom or well, let's do this first. I always like to do this halfway through tell okay. people where they can find you and how they can get connected with you. Because I know sometimes people drop off at the end or maybe they won't hear it. So I want them to be able to reach you. Yeah. So, um, you can find me, uh, at CFO expertise.com. Um, you know, if you want to schedule a call, there's, there's a link there. It's just a one page landing page that talks about me, the company. Um, that's probably the best place. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, uh, just under my name, Jared Souza. And I also own jaredsouza.com, but cfoexpertise.com is probably the easiest because a lot of people aren't going to know how to spell my first name or last name. So gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. no, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. It's not spelled the right way. I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do this. We'll get back to the other question, but um, I asked some guests this and sometimes I don't, but I just really like this question. So I want your thoughts on it. Okay. You could go back in time as far as you want or forward in time as far as you want. You get to go and be there for a year and learn from whoever you want. Then you get to bring that knowledge back here. Where would you go? Who would you see? And what would you learn? Wow. That's a powerful question, man. Um, there's been so many great people in history. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> hmm. And there's no wrong answers. I mean, you can go no, forward, for sure. you can go backwards. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I actually want to go forward in time with the way that things are headed. So <laughs> I think I would go backwards. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think like all the, all the standard answers, like maybe like Warren Buffett or Steve jobs, like, I just, I hate giving those kind of standard answers. So I'm trying to like go a level deeper. Yeah. No um, one said jobs. No one person on my show has said jobs. No okay. one said Buffett. People actually yeah. like to go farther back. Okay. Yeah. Um, Hmm. <laughs> I know I should do it. That was a little bit of a surprise question. Yeah, that's powerful. Um, 
I actually, I don't know why, but it's not leaving my brain right now, but is Warren Buffett, even though I said I wasn't going to say him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if, if you were able just to sit and it's not even about his, his stock picks or what he's done in investing, but how he structured his day, right? Anytime you learn about him is he's just always learning. He's always reading mm-hmm. um, and learning the craft and learning what's going on in the markets. And so um, I, I don't think that that would have um, enticed me to get into trading necessarily, but just the discipline that he had and always learning. I think I would have, I think I have like a piece of that, but it's like maybe 2% of what he, <laughs> he, gotcha. you I know, exemplifies. You. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it, it makes sense though, because who you hang out with or who you can glean wisdom from makes sense. Like you maybe wouldn't pick the same things he would pick, but if you have the understanding or how he looks at life and you learn that yeah. aspect of it, you can go a lot farther, you know, yeah, cause you should sure. be uniquely you. For sure. And uh, like, my grandfather-in-law who owned the energy company, like, uh, I don't, I don't even think he graduated high school. Maybe he graduated high school, but a brilliant engineering mind and created this company. He's got several patents on oil field equipment. And it's just because he was always learning like a student of the industry. Mm-hmm. He's just brilliant too. But even when I would be around him, he was very humble. And so there's so many things that I picked up from him in terms of how to lead with with authority and with humbleness at the same time, which is a virtue you don't see in many people. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent there, but oh, he, no, he probably would have been another one, but I was able to like learn from him. He, he's just, he's, yeah, he's such a fantastic person, but um, I would say, you know, people like that in my life, I picked up so much from. No, I like that. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Cause I think leadership is huge, especially for business people, entrepreneurs, salesmen. What do you mean by, by what you said about your grandfather. I think you said it was your grandfather. Yeah. Um, well, it was my wife's grandfather. So gotcha. grandfather-in-law, but um, so leading through authority and humbleness. Yeah. 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 So um, what's interesting is I think why that came out too, is somebody asked me that the other day, uh, if I've ever known anybody that has both of those aspects. And there's actually only been two people in my life that I've worked for or with one was him and the other was Michael Hyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, what I mean by that is they can come into a room and just command the authority, not by brute force, not by scare tactics, not right. right. It's just, you respect them. Mm-hmm. You respect who they are. You respect how they carry themselves. You respect their knowledge. Um, but they also have this humbleness that it's okay to speak up. Do you not agree with me? Well, then let's talk about it. Cause they might actually, you might be able to change their mind, right? It's not like just their way or the highway. Right. Um, and that's why they have you there. And so I don't, it's just, to me, it's a hard combination to find in people. Um, and I think that that type of leadership actually starts in humbleness and that authority comes from that aspects of the way that they live their life and hold themselves. No, that makes sense. It's like they have that presence because they know who they are. But it's not the because we've all ran into the arrogant leader, the one that they have to be the biggest brain in the room, whereas it's better if you know where you're at, but are willing to learn from other people. But you still have that confidence to lead. No, that makes that's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So um, but yeah, those are actually the only two people that I've worked for that I've found that characteristic in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. no, I think it's rare. I think I find a lot of times either you people are 
too far one way, too far the other way, because they yeah. haven't gotten comfortable with who they are yet. And I think yeah. that's a human condition. Like I'm 44 now, and now I'm very comfortable with who I am. But when I was starting out in sales, what, when I was 30, I had no idea. I was scared mm-hmm. to knock on the door and talk to someone. And now I'm talking to, you know, CEOs, CFOs, no big deal. It's that yeah. the time over tension. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what other words of wisdom or um, thoughts would you give to someone that like you is maybe they're starting out with the business or they have a dream or an idea mm-hmm. of how to either start that or just words of wisdom in general? Yeah. So um, I would say make sure you have a plan in place, right? Um, especially starting out, you know, and I'm thinking more on the business side, right? If you're starting your mm-hmm. own business, going out on your own. And you want to make sure you're on the right trajectory to hit that, that plan. Um, like you, you said, potentially, like if some people like do moonlighting, so if you can work as a side hustle to offset your income, great, like do that first, um, make sure that you prove out the model. Don't just jump in head first. There are people that do that and they don't want a plan B and that's the only way they survive. Um, but I, you know, in today's environment, you can do, you can do both until you can get it up and going at least test it right um i always say test always and fail fast so if the test doesn't work and pull the plug try something else especially if you have a family because they believe in you but don't just (laughs) jump without yeah the conversation yeah (laughs) and yeah and i would say um you know outside of that too is like network like Mm -hmm. get to know people in your industry get to know the people that are past you that have already done it um I mean, there's so many connections that I have where I'll just get somebody that, that calls and they're like, Hey, I need you to help out this company. Right. Like, cause the people that know me, trust me and know that I'll take care of, like they, they'll, they have no problem referring me because they, you know, when you refer somebody, your name's at stake. So right. you don't want to refer 100%. somebody that's not going to take care of them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, you know, always do, do what you say you're going to do and, um, just do it ethically. Yeah. No, no, I'm with you. Like when we were at the event, I networked a bunch. Like I met a lot of really cool people that I didn't yeah. even know existed till I actually went to that event. I encourage <laughs> yeah. people to do that. Cause like, you just yeah. don't think about it. And then you go there and you're like, holy crap. Yeah. And, and there's several people that, um, that, you know, I just sat down and talked to and gave advice knowing they'll probably never be a client, but that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just here to provide value. Like, and it's all good. Right. And I think, those are the types of people that go to George's event. God, I feel like we're doing like this shameless George, go to George's event plug, but, it's but okay. it is really, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to have to pay us for this one. Um, but I, I think because that's the way that he leads and other people see mm-hmm. that in him. Right. And so that's what attracts everybody there, which that's why it's such a special event. I feel like, cause everybody's kind of on this same level of, man, we're just here to help each other out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was the whole feeling of it. Like even going in and like, like I told you, I've just started this in June. Um, I didn't feel like, Oh, you're the new guy. No one wants to, why are you bothering me? It was like, you know, people just connecting and giving and helping where they could. And yeah. th- that's where community comes in. And I think for entrepreneurs, salespeople in general, whether you go to the event that me and Jared went to or other events, find a group of people that you can be around that will lift you up, connect with you and help you. I mean, yeah. You can't do this. I, I would say this. I, I bet you agree. You can't do this on your own. No, no, there's, yeah, there's so many people that I 
call on uh, from that event right like that just just sometimes you just need a sounding board to balance ideas off somebody get their perspective hey how would you do this right and they're more than willing to help yeah Yeah. and it comes back to you though so like i know we're talking about like we give stuff away well yeah you do give stuff away when you're an entrepreneur business person you do but it will come back to you it it might not be to that person but they may refer you i train sales guys with this all the time if you don't have the answer give them to someone that will like what and i'm like think about it if you solve their problem they're going to be happy and then they're going to refer people that you can help. Yeah. What's, what's interesting. So I have, a, I have a pretty funny story. So one of my clients now um, actually was, was a referral from, from somebody. Um, and we got on the phone, they had a fractional company that was already helping them. And he's like, man, I just, I don't feel like they're giving me what I need. It just, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. And so I said, well, listen, if you were my client, I would want to know that and have the opportunity to fix it. Yep. You know what I mean? And not just be abandoned. And so I said, why don't you go back to them and just be completely candid and just say, Hey, I don't feel like I'm getting the value out of this and give them a month or two, whatever you decide. And if they're still not, then we'll have a conversation. Yeah. And so he did that. Um, and, um, between that time, I think it's about two months. I made a couple of videos for him. Um, you know, just to make sure he knew that I was still around. Right, right. Keep uh, some the touch, dashboards. Keep the touch. Yeah, yep, some yep. dashboards that I'd created for clients. And yeah, so lo and behold, it was like two months later, he's like, okay, yeah, we're still not getting it. So we want to transition. And, and I felt good about that. So, you know, he's my client now that if I'm not serving him, I at least know he's going to give me the opportunity to fix it. But, you know, I don't want to be out here just stealing clients from people. Right. I want to make sure it's a good fit. And at the end of the day, you know, I have to sleep at night. So, yeah, but that um, goes back to what you said about being the humble leader about mm-hmm. here. I can help you, but you're working with this person. Talk to them first. See if you can mend that relationship. If not, I don't mind helping you, but I'm not trying to take that. I'm just trying to help you. And right. I think that that builds more credibility. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's, it's authentic. What I told them, like I, you know, if it would have worked out with that other client, good for them because, you know, they listen to their client and, and fix the issue. But if it didn't, then I'm more than happy to serve them. <laughs> so you okay. know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. totally. Yeah. You, you did what you could do. Yeah. You set it up and now you have that trust. Cause I think trust is huge. Yeah. It's, it's just, sure. it's, it's massive. Well, especially with <laughs> what I do, right? Like they're literally handing me the keys to their bank accounts. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There's a lot of checks and balances and make sure that, Hey, we're not like we're above board and make sure that there's no opportunity that anything can happen from our perspective. So yeah, there's a lot of trust, especially with what we do. Yeah, no, that's good. That's definitely good. Awesome. Well, Jared, any other last parting words for my audience? Anything else you just want to leave them with? Man, I, uh, this has been great by the way. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I, I would say if you're, if you're feeling that, that itch to, to take that leap, like really listen to that. Um, and, like I said, maybe don't jump in head first, but start taking steps in that direction. Um, it can be scary. Trust me. <laughs> I went through it. I've got four children. Like we talked about this, like I'm the sole breadwinner mm-hmm. of our family, right? If, if this, if this doesn't go, then uh, it's not, it's I'm not with you. Good luck. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, if anybody wants to pose questions about that, if they're, if they're thinking about, you know, going out on their own, I'm more than happy to talk about that in my experiencing you know, give them any advice that I can. Um, 
and I guess on the flip side of that is make sure you have your financial data in the right spot so that you know where you're headed and you're staying profitable. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. I like it. Reverse engineer it, have the yeah. plan set out, know your numbers, get yourself. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause I, I used to make this joke all the time. I do my sales job as a business. Like I knew how many people had to call to make the money I wanted to make to serve. Like yeah. I run my sales job as a business yeah. and now moving into that thing, it's like a little bit different in a feeling like, ah, no, no, but, um, it's, yeah, but think about this, like the numbers that you have, it just becomes a math formula. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. at this point you have enough data to know if I make these many calls, this should be my conversion. I should get this many people on the phone, convert, should it have this average order value? Like that's the same thing that I do with marketing. Um, it's just when you boil it down, it comes down to a math formula. Now the creative testing of the green or red button, like, you know, the optimization side of it, that's, that's different. But at the end of the day, like we know that it's this math formula, mm -hmm. you spend this, you're going to get this many customers, this is the customer lifetime value. Yes. Let's keep doing this or no, this is actually losing you money. Yeah. stop doing this immediately. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's the beauty of it. Once you have your system in place and know what you need to do, yep. and all you do is the boring process of doing it over and over and over again to get the yep. amount you want. I mean, that's right. That's just the craziness. Well, thank you again, Jared, yep. for being on. I appreciate it. And everyone for listening. Thank you. Please like share, subscribe, send this to your friends, anyone in business that maybe Jerry could help, or if it's just, you know, maybe they're thinking about starting a business, send it to them too. And until next time, have a wonderful, awesome day. My name is Joe Graham, the 150K podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond.